G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Yes, hello and welcome to another edition of Off The Bench. Rob Beaver and Paul Hayes will be with you. Hope you're well wherever you are. Less than a week until Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas to everybody. And uh, Paul Hayes will be. I know that you are about to head off for some time away, as am I. Looking forward to it very much. As I say, good morning for the final time in 2020. Yes, Beaver, good morning to you and all the listeners out there. What a year it has been from a world perspective, but also from a sporting perspective. And today, we'll spend a bit of time going through how the year panned out. But who would forget when COVID first struck and what that meant for sport was such an eerie feeling. We were doing our regular show every night. We're talking to all the heads of the governing bodies of sport. And one by one, they were like dominoes just going down, we're shutting down. And probably the moment of the year for me was the AFL when Gil McLaughlin came out and fronted and said, we've got to be flexible, we've got to be agile. And then we get to round one with no crowds. And then with one game remaining, it's the West Coast Eagles playing Melbourne. They shut down and say, that's it. I went to that game and it was eerie. There was no supporters there. And you knew at the end of the game, that was curtains. And at that point, Beaver... We didn't know what was in store for the rest of the season. We certainly didn't. Uh, eerie is a way to describe it. I think um, it, it, it. a lot of these things happen. I remember when other outbreaks happened across Europe in the last 20 or so years. Inevitably, Australia, in a lot of ways, due to our uh, geographies, is isolated. And we're not really affected by uh, a lot of these things. Coronavirus, obviously, has affected everyone and, and seemingly everything it's come into contact with since uh, it, it erupted. But the thing, I think that got to me was the fact that I think a lot of people in the general public thought it is doom and gloom. And I think what we've seen throughout the course of the year is whether it's, you know, as simple as a sporting league getting up and playing. And I know we're very, very fortunate here in Australia and we don't take that for granted, but there is still hope. There is still a light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. And I think we get to the end of the year in a year, which I think everybody will be quite happy to see go into the rearview mirror, but it's been one where I think a lot of people have reconnected with family uh, during quarantine or if they maybe have been able to work from home throughout the year. So I think there has been some positives to come out of what has been a pretty uh, wretched year. Sport found a way though, didn't it? Most mm. of the sports got through. We first uh, had the basketball that was called off. The Perth Wildcats were eventually announced the championship winners. Football got through pretty well. They had to take a, a big hit. And then we've seen the introduction of hub life. A lot of sports having to go to different parts of Australia to complete their seasons. We've seen it with basketball, netball, the Sheffield Shield as well. Can you, off the top of your head, think about one sport that's probably been affected more than others? I think the AFL and the NRL are probably the two big ones just by virtue of the fact that their season was literally about to get rolling um, as you said round one it was cancelled for the AFL the NRL wouldn't have been too many more rounds into their season um, I remember sitting on this exact program looking at you in the eye and saying the NRL are going to balls it up when they announced a really ambitious plan to come back but they they obviously knew something that I didn't as I'd expect them to with uh, many consultations with state and federal health officials but uh, I think you look at a sport like basketball, yeah, we lost a couple of games at the finals. Uh, there were reports that the Wildcats for those games where there were no people in attendance was up to a million dollars that they were otherwise planning mm. to to have in their revenue for the season. So big corporate and financial losses there. But 
Um, you look at a sport like cricket, I think myself and a lot of people included when they announced all their budget cuts and all these different things in about the, the middle of the year, we're thinking you haven't been affected. It, it didn't affect the cricket season, but it's such a, a wide-ranging um, effect, I suppose, that the virus has had on everyone. And uh, I think we're just thankful to get through to the end of the year, Hayes, say goodbye to 2020 and welcome and bring on 2021. Enough about that. We'll talk a little bit more about a few other things coming up next here on Off the Bench. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you. Hayes, we're still looking back at the year that was in 2020. Some of the international sports were affected, though. You look at tennis. Of course, Wimbledon was completely shut down. We did get through the US Open, albeit in different circumstances. We had the French Open. Golf is pretty pretty well gone through Mm. the year without, particularly over there in America, but there's no travel is there between different countries to get that done. The big losers is the Olympic athletes. Mm. They've been building towards this for four years to go to Tokyo and, you know, that must have been a nightmare period for them because the uncertainty of whether they were going to go or they weren't and it's been postponed and we at this stage probably think with maybe a vaccine on the horizon that uh, many countries are starting to utilise that we will see the Olympics in 2020 but what a time it must have been for many of those athletes. Absolutely. You've got athletes who, at one end of the spectrum, were, were gearing up for 2020 to be their last hurrah. Athletes like Andrew Bogut. He's not going to be around uh, for the 2021 Olympics, was planning for 2020 to be his last hurrah. There's plenty of athletes on that side of the spectrum. And then there's other athletes on the other side, which was they were probably too young. And now that extra year, that extra year of development, planning uh, and practice, Maybe they're all of a sudden in contention. You have athletes who have already qualified. The qualifications roll over. And then you have athletes who will need to re-qualify. The the machinations are um, plentiful. I can't believe the logistical nightmare that it caused. But uh, hopefully our athletes can get over the Tokyo and go forward and represent the green and gold. And I think the Olympics in 2021, obviously vaccine pending and the fact that it all goes ahead, will be more so than ever, a really unifying event and a a world brought together by sport for a common purpose. And uh, I think a lot like the the sense of pride that people in Australia felt at the Sydney Olympics and, you know, obviously Greece and Athens, uh, Beijing and then London and, and so on and so forth over the last 20 years, I think it has a real capacity to help heal a lot of the wounds that people are feeling, particularly if there is a vaccine and the impact of the virus is lessening as we go forward. The big winners... Horse racing, the racing codes, greyhounds, because they didn't shut down whatsoever. Only probably Tasmania for a period of time shut down here in Australia. They had a few scares and they had a few meetings that were called off. But the revenue, the turnover, the gambling turnover, because everybody was at home in isolation, absolutely went through the roof this year. The prize money was probably... Um, conflicted for a period of time, but then it got back to normal. We still had our big races. We didn't have the big spring carnival with the big crowds that we know and love, but the turnover beef was still there. So they would have had to be the biggest winner out of COVID. I've got another contender for biggest winner, insurance companies, because Wimbledon Mm. made everybody else feel silly because people are going, why were you spending, I think it was about $1.82 million a year. This is pounds we're talking about, obviously a year to ensure this event that will never, ever not go ahead. Sure enough, COVID hits. They're the only one of the major Grand Slams. I haven't heard of another sporting organisation having that type of insurance in place. Insurance companies are the big winners because for uh, a thing that a lot of people go, I'll never need to use it, this is a time where you need to use it. It was used. It paid out. Brilliant. Stick with us. This is Off the Bench. 
Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you. Normally we start the show with this, but given our review of the year that was, we're doing it now. The Dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Ah, yes, the one constant in a year where nothing has been constant. Paul Hazelby, for the final time in 2020, take us through your dig. Well, I'm doing my yearly dig, and I'm going to start with the West Coast Eagles. Their attitude when they had to go into the hubs was terrible. They're probably the only team with Richmond. I'm going to get on to them next, (laughs) but the West Coast Eagles cost themselves a real shot at the premiership, I believe, in the early part of the season when they had to go to the Gold Coast to play the initial part of the season. You contrast that with the Fremantle Dockers. How good was their attitude? They went over there with the right attitude. Whatever it takes, we're going to do it, get it done. Yes, they're a bit younger, but the West Coast Eagles, they didn't want to go. They whinged. They had players that didn't uh, or even thought about not going into the hub, and their performances reflected that. And then there was Richmond. So Richmond, when it all went pear-shaped, they basically said on a conference call to all the other players, no, we are not going into a hub. No matter what, we don't want to do that. We don't think we need to do that. We're Richmond. We're the biggest club. We've come off a couple of premierships in recent times. It wasn't until they were absolutely forced because Melbourne was completely shut down and everybody had to get out quick. So they did that. Then they had some issues, obviously, in the hub with demands that they wanted from the AFL because... Again, they thought they were bigger than the game. They had the uh, Trent Cochin and his wife, that incident as well. They had two players that broke quarantine and were since suspended from that uh, Sydney Stack and Coleman Jones. But then they found a way. So a backhanded dig to them because they still got it done under really trying circumstances when really their attitude said they didn't want to be a part of it. In terms of a dig for 2020, I'm going to stick with the AFL, but... I'm going to go with the draft because, A, it was too long, and I've winced about this on our show already this year. Mate, but it was a ratings but, winner. Yeah, it was they a ratings, it's it. a ratings winner because it was in December. Fantastic. But I'm going to look at it and go, you had a situation this year, and it's, it's out of the control to an extent, but how on earth are clubs supposed to pick the best young talent when two-thirds of the country's young talent hasn't played in the year of their draft? I don't know how you fix it. Maybe you just go, we're not having a draft this year. Keep going. Feed them players back into the state system. And then you get a bonus draft, essentially, in 2021. I didn't like the fact that it was long. I think it was so uneven that so many different clubs, due to so many different factors, not being able to travel interstate, had different intel in a league which is not perfect but does try to equalize things as much as possible. I thought it was another hindrance uh, in a number of factors for the draft and I think we'll see that going forward. Uh, there'll be clubs who picked late that picked up gems, and there'll be guys who picked early from guys who did actually play in this under-18s or state league year, uh, and they're going to have a lot of busts, and it's going to change the future of some AFL clubs. Yeah, I think they'll still get through, many of those players. You do a lot of homework on these guys leading up to it. They did play a couple of games, so they got to see them a little bit in action, but uh, they will get through. The very best always do, and there wasn't too many of them this year. Stick with us. You're listening to Off The Bench. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby, wrapping up our review of the year 2020. What a season, what a year it was for everyone and everything all over the world. But, Hayes, I want to finish on a lighter note because uh, at least at this point, particularly in WA, it seems like we've definitely gotten through the worst of it. Australia is recovering. There are vaccines going out all over the world. Let's talk about what we are thankful for 
from the year 2020. Well, we did have our dig, but I am thankful for all the athletes that did the sacrifice that was required. I know some didn't want to do it, but in most part, they all did it, and that gave us sport to watch because there were times, particularly, I guess, in Victoria, where they were shut down for a long time. Without sport and things on TV, it would have been really difficult for them to get through that period. So well done to all the athletes. Uh, They got through. Yes, it's their job, and they wanted to get paid as well, so I understand that component of it. But I think them in general and all of the administrators for getting through and basically making sure the survival of their sport was at the forefront. They've done that pretty well. I remember having a conversation with Travis Auld in about, I'm going to say June or July, um, and I think our good friend Carl Langdon said, mate, you must be really frustrated. Uh, you know, you'll think you're looking at maybe the fourth or fifth draft of the fixtures that you've done. And he said, mate, we've done more than a dozen. He said, it seems like we do them up and the next day we have to rip them apart. So for the people who have tirelessly worked to get these sporting organisations up and running, I say thank you. Second thing I want to say thank you to, very specific, April, the last dance. Yeah, I loved it. That the, was good. Not, not only the access, but I think we need to look at that and go, that was actually rushed to market in America and then Netflix in Australia picked it up and a whole heap of other broadcast rights technicalities. But that and spacing them out, like they could just release the 10 episodes, but no, you space it out over uh, ten, five weeks, I think it was, for 10 episodes. Gave someone something, a little bit like you said, something to watch, something to look forward to, something to discuss the next day with family, friends and colleagues. And um, I know for me, getting home on a Monday night for about six weeks is probably the best night of the week. I used to look forward to a Monday for the first time ever because I knew The Last Dance was on. They'd released a couple more episodes. So I'm thankful for The Last Dance. Good call, good call. My last thanks is to you. Working together this year, we, of course, went through COVID. It was just the two of us. Everybody else was out of the studio. We play a little bit of cricket just sometimes a little bit. to get mm. through, and we've had some great tussles really over time. Not not really some, great. Some really great tussles. <laughs> But there was one game that stood out this year for me. And, I know exactly uh, what game you're referring was, to. You get six balls. I was able to score 36. So do the math, six sixes, and then you lose five if you get out, and uh, you were able to make minus 20. So yeah. that made my year. I was able to win by a combined aggregate of 56. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Uh, we're changing games next year, I can tell you that much. Uh, in all seriousness, though, Hayes, it's been, as you said, for a long time, for those who don't know, you and I were the only people in this office. It, it, I don't know how long it actually was. It felt like three or four months. It might not have been actually that long. but um, And we were lucky in the sense that we were able to leave our houses and, and go to work and, and do these things. And I think um, the mental health aspect and the sanity, I think we really helped each other through. So thank you for that. Uh, enjoy your break. I know I'm certainly going to enjoy mine. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and to everyone in your family, everyone that you're going to spend time with over this period, and we look forward to bigger and better things in 2021. As we do for you, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We'll be back in the middle of January. This has been Off the Bench for 2020. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.